0: Now, listening to
1: the Pat's Pulpit Podcast. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pat's Pulpit Podcast. The divisional playoffs are here. The Patriots are off the bye week practicing hard and getting ready to host the Los Angeles Chargers in what is supposed to be a snowy, blustery foxborough afternoon cannot wait for this weekend great slate of games coming up nfl playoffs are here i'm alex shane here with rich hill rich can you hear the excitement in my voice Ooh, the
0: finally finally here is football that matters you know i mean <laughs> for all the doom and gloom that has taken place surrounding the new england patriots all year after their season was over after they lost to the detroit lions back in week three after they were embarrassed. embarrassed. Embarrassed by the Tennessee Titans and lost to the Miami Miracle and the Steelers. The Patriots are in the divisional round of the playoffs. Real football is here. This will really determine the fate of the Patriots, whether or not it was a good season or a bad season, because that's how spoiled we are. Alec, I'm just so excited for games that are of actual importance.
1: Yeah, no, it's going to be awesome, man. NFL playoffs are really where it's at. The one thing I love about the NFL playoffs is, unlike the NHL and the NBA and the MLB, all of sports, which I love, but... Those playoffs are all series, and one game doesn't really matter, but it is a one-game series from here on out. You lose, you go home, your season is over, and there are eight teams left in the NFL, four in the NFC, four in the AFC, all great matchups in my opinion. Let's start in the NFC, Rich. The first game in the NFC will be Saturday at 8.15 p.m. Eastern. The Cowboys are going to the Los Angeles Rams to try and continue their postseason run. The Rams are the second-best team in the NFL, in my opinion. They're, they faltered a bit down the stretch, but they are primed and locked and loaded. Cowboys pulled out a pretty impressive win over the Seahawks that couldn't quite get it together to the very end. However, I'm a little more skeptical, Rich, that the Cowboys can duplicate their success against Los Angeles.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. It's going to be a really, really tough matchup. Just starting with the the Dallas Cowboys themselves, they are a, a three-man show. You you look at who they have on offense. You got Ezekiel. Elliott carrying the entire team Amari Cooper has emerged as a bona fide number one guy and then you have Dak Prescott at quarterback so they have some talent fortunately they're going against a pretty weak Rams defense uh they rank 20th in points overall uh, they're you know 32nd in rushing yards allowed per carry they allowed uh you know 22nd in, against the pass so they're not a strong defense with the Rams so if there is a chance Dallas might have to to win a shootout but in their advantage, they have an outstanding defense. Uh, the the Cowboys did a great job against the Seahawks. They rank 6th overall in points allowed. They rank 5th in rushing yards allowed per carry. They're kind of average against the pass. But if they can limit the Los Angeles Rams offense, which, you know, for my money, this is fantastic. One of the strongest offenses in the entire league. I don't know. I, I wouldn't count the Cowboys out yet.
1: They just have their hands full they do and the rams are have the extra week of rest sometimes the bye week can affect teams negatively they get a little rusty especially if, if they finish season very very hot and very strong it'll be an interesting coaching obstacle for sean mcveigh to do this the way he's done it i'm really impressed with what he's done obviously thus far as a young head coach in the nfl how you manage and handle your team in the postseason is a very different entity than what it is in the regular season so i be curious to see how he's managed that but Even if I'm not sloppy, I think the Rams have enough playmakers and enough explosiveness on offense to win this one, I think, pretty handily, to be honest.
0: Yeah, I mean, my, my big concern, I actually wonder if you have any thoughts on this, is you look over the Rams' second half of the season, they lost to the Saints, they lost to the Bears, they lost to the Eagles, they got pushed to the limit with the Chiefs, they got pushed to the limits with the Seahawks. They have not been lights out against. Good teams. Do we consider the Cowboys a good team? Or as you said, you think that they might be winning a blowout?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's tough, man. Like it's a very hard read to make the Dallas Cowboys. So I feel like at their best when they're playing well, when their defense is firing on all cylinders, when their offensive line is getting good push and Ezekiel Elliott has 100 yards on the ground and Amari Cooper getting separation and Cole Beasley's healthy, very big question mark is Cole Beasley's ankle. Is he going to be able to, to go at full speed? The Cowboys can actually hang with any team in the NFL. I think they have the talent and the, the discipline and the, the drive to do it. But that happens very infrequently with that team. And the question is, can they kind of maintain the momentum they built up from the the first game? And I'm just not sure. And I think a lot will will hinge on probably the first two or three possessions for each team. If the Rams can get up two, three scores quickly – I don't think Dallas is built to come back from that.
0: Oh, absolutely. I completely agree. This is a game where the Cowboys have to control the clock. They have to be able to run, reduce the number of possessions for the Rams if the Dallas is going to have any chance of winning. Because this Rams offense, really good. Todd Gurley missed the last two weeks of the season, but he's expected to play. He is an absolute monster. Twenty-one touchdowns on the year, over a thousand. 800 yards from scrimmage then you have a pair of 1,200 plus receivers and Robert Woods and Brandon Cook's old friend right there this is a very very dynamic offense with a great offensive mind and Sean McVay they are the second best offense in the league behind the Kansas City Chiefs and so if any team can have success against this Cowboys defense the Rams are a pretty good bet for it you know what I mean and you also have to point out that despite the fact that the Cowboys did pretty well early on in the year they allowed 35 points to the New York Giants. It's not that great. They allowed 23 points to the Colts in a shutout in Week 15. They can be scored upon. It just matters which version of this Jekyll and Hyde Cowboys team shows up. And I'm with you. I think that the Rams are going to win this one.
1: Yeah, I mean, if the Cowboys did beat the Saints, though, Rich, who are, in my opinion, the best team in the NFL, and they are hosting another NFC East team in the Philadelphia Eagles, who pulled out a miraculous win over the Bears this past Sunday. The Saints are coming off a bye week as well. They are in New Orleans for the duration of their postseason, as long as they keep winning. The Eagles might have gotten lucky. They might not have gotten lucky. Nick Foles may just be unstoppable in the postseason. A lot of questions will be answered. But I imagine the Saints open up this game as pretty big favorites here, Rich.
0: Yeah, and I mean – First thing I look at, these two teams played back in Week 11. The New Orleans Saints beat the Eagles 48-7. to That is ridiculous. It was the Saints' biggest victory of the year. I wonder if this will be the Eagles' opportunity to respond in the same way that the Jets responded in 2010 against the Patriots, where they came in and they just ruined their entire divisional round you know, the Saints rested their players in the season finale. Is that going to play any impact whatsoever? You switch out Carson Wentz for Nick Foles. You got the defense suddenly revitalized for the Eagles. I don't know. Can, do they have enough magic, Alec? What, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm getting to the point where you just don't, want to ever count out the Eagles because they just kind of find ways to win and they find ways to hang around and hang around but Rich what is it about NFC East wild card teams in the playoffs they just don't go away. I don't know what it is <laughs> about that that division, but they just can't seem to stop any, anybody. It's, it's remarkable. But based on what I've watched out of the Saints, again, I love Drew Brees. I think he's such an underrated quarterback. We've talked about Tom Brady and Peyton Manning and Aaron Rodgers through all these years and Philip Rivers even. But, and Drew Brees has just been consistently fantastic down there in New Orleans. He deserves a, a deep postseason run. I just don't think the Saints will, will fail to take advantage of a really good opportunity they have this year. I think they know that there's a very small window where all these players will be together. They have a really cohesive unit offensively, defensively. They're very good. It's very rare the Saints have a good defense. It's fantastic. I think they know that. They know what's at stake for them, for Drew Brees, his chance, to get maybe possibly his last Super Bowl ring, and they will not allow the Eagles to come in there and, and, and upset them.
0: Yeah, I mean, the Saints team, I agree. They're they're very, very good. They have, I believe, they've tied for the third best most efficient offense of, you know, the past 20 years. When you look at how many points they score on average every drive, they rank third. Uh, They're tied with the 2011 Saints, of course, but they trailed the 2007 Patriots. Then this year's version of the Chiefs. And then it's this year's version of the Saints. So they are very, very efficient when they get the ball. Alvin Kamara is a total monster out of the backfield. Almost 1,600 yards from scrimmage, 18 touchdowns. You added Michael Thomas, a first team All Pro at wide receiver, over 1,400 yards there. You got a good, you know, I know Mark Ingram isn't even really a change of pace back. He's very, very good in his own right. Uh, But. They don't have a lot of depth, but I don't think they'll really need it. They have such a talented team. I think Drew Brees is going to get his due here. I don't know if he's going to win a Super Bowl this year, but I, I don't think that this Saints team has the makings of one that will be one and done.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. And the good news is, Rich, one of these four teams will make it. The other three will not. The Patriots will not have to worry about at least three of these guys because they have to go through each other. Should be a very interesting NFC championship regardless of who wins Divisional Weekend. Let's go shift over to the AFC now. Before we get to Chargers-Patriots, we have a Chiefs team hosting a smoking red, scalding hot Indianapolis team that has won 10 of their last eleven that pretty well handled a very good defense on the road in Houston, coming up against a significantly less good defense in Kansas City at a much tougher place to play, especially in the cold weather, the elements. The Colts are obviously a dome team. Initially, Rich, before the Colts-Texans game this past weekend, I would have thought I would not want to see the Colts play the Chiefs because that's an easy win for Kansas City. But now I'm not so sure. Yeah, I mean,
0: there has been a real pivot with this Chiefs team Uh right around week 11 where they lost to the Rams in Los Angeles. I'm not going to hold that against them, but it seemed like after that point, nothing was easy. They barely beat the Raiders in Oakland. They barely beat the Ravens uh, at home, 27-24 in overtime. They lost at home to the Chargers. They lost on the road to the Seahawks. And then they like completely annihilated the Raiders, so so be it. But this just was not an easy final stretch for the Chiefs. Part of it is because Kareem Hunt is out, uh, you know, good riddance. But when you have the rest of the team, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, It seems like every other running back that you want to plug in there does an outstanding job. Damian Williams has been doing a pretty strong job in recent weeks. Uh, Spencer Ware missed some time. So they have some talent out there. But you have this Colts team. I just feel like there's a vibe around them, man. I don't know. I, I think that this is a Colts team that is different from other Colts teams But I don't know if I want to buy into them so much to the point where I think they can go into Arrowhead and beat the Chiefs because the Chiefs still are the best offense in the NFL. They do have one of bottom five defenses, but I don't know if the Colts have enough to overcome the Chiefs' home field advantage and their potent offense.
1: (laughs) Yeah, unfortunately, I'm going to have to agree with you here. You know, the one thing that I will kind of cling to in terms of hopes of Patriots hosting the A's championship instead of going to Kansas City, should they beat the Chargers on Sunday, is that the Chiefs defense is bad enough and Andrew Luck was good enough against the Houston Texans. No sacks and the offensive line of Indianapolis has been locked down, shut down. Defense is out nonstop, giving him plenty of time in the pocket to throw. So this could be a very, very high-scoring game. I'm not sure what the over/under is yet, what the spread is, but I imagine it's going to be a very high over/under. Should be a lot of points. Of course, now that I said that's going to be like a six-three game. But <laughs> I just, I just don't see the Colts outgunning the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs. One thing the Chiefs have that the Colts definitely don't have is that the Chiefs can score quickly, mm-hmm. and if they need to score. Ten, if they need to score 10 points in two minutes. They can. No problem. And the Colts are a little more methodical in their offense. And it's that big play explosiveness with the, the Tyree kills. Like you said, Travis Kelsey is the best tight end of the game. I think it's a little too many weapons for Chiefs to handle.
0: Yeah, I agree. The the worst thing that could happen for Indianapolis is for this to be a high-scoring affair because there's just no way you're going to outscore the Chiefs at that point. Uh, I say that knowing that the Patriots have outscored the Chiefs, as did the Rams. So, you know, and the Seahawks and the Chargers. I mean, but (laughs) I still don't think that the, the Colts will be able to do that because I don't think that they have that same depth at receiver. You know, they have a solid running game with Marlon Mack, and I would expect that is how the Colts will try to approach it, is slow down the tempo, don't allow the the Chiefs to get 15 possessions because you give them enough opportunities, they're going to break free. Tyreek Hill is a home run waiting to happen, so you let Marlon Mack grind out the clock, try to slow down the game, get a stop or two against Patrick Mahomes, and then Colts could win this. It could be one of those last possession sort of games. I don't know if they'll be able to do it, but you just cannot allow this to be a high-scoring affair.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm picking the Chiefs to win this one. I think the home teams are going to win uh, every single game this this NFL weekend, but it should be a good game, which means the Patriots, should they beat the Chargers on Sunday at 1.05 p.m., will be traveling to Kansas City. However, in order to get to Kansas City, they got to beat – Los Angeles Chargers, this is, in my opinion, the worst possible outcome for New England based on wildcard matchups they could have had. They could have had the Texans. They could have had the Ravens. But I think this is the worst possible outcome. However, that said, Rich, I'm going to tell you that this coming Sunday in Gillette is supposed to be about 30 degrees, possibly colder, and three to five inches of snow on the ground with a low of 15 to 17. And I think that is a massive game changer in a team from Los Angeles, playing in warm weather, coming to snowy Foxborough, trying to beat Tom Brady and company makes it much more difficult. Philip rivers.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It makes it much more difficult for Philip rivers, but it also, you know, this is where Tom Brady thrives. He does his best in the winter because then you can take advantage of, you know, Experience. And when you have the Los Angeles Chargers in their defense, they play a lot of yeah. that cover three defense that the Seattle Seahawks popularized under Pete Carroll. And New England has a lot of success against that. You you rely a lot on your running backs against the linebackers, or you use your players in the slot. You, you trying to take advantage of the seam with some combination routes. And so the Patriots know what to do. They will hopefully be able to use that to their advantage if it's snowy out. My big concern would be whether or not the Patriots could stop the run on a consistent basis against this Chargers team that does a really good job of running the ball. They rank seventh in yards per carry uh, throughout the year. They have two very good running backs, Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler, that they use. Uh, Justin Jackson has come in in reserve every now and then when uh, Gordon was missing time, and he has been productive as well. So this Chargers team has depth, they have talent. And if the Patriots run defense that showed up against the Vikings, Dolphins and Steelers comes to play chargers win this one walking away. And it's just going to be a super disappointing finish to the year. But if the Patriots run defense comes out, that absolutely stifled the bills and the jets. This is a new game because I really like the matchup of the Patriots secondary against this chargers offense. And I like, if you were Brian Flores and Bill Belichick, how would you try to defend the chargers?
1: Yeah, I mean I think I am stacking the box. You have first-team all-pro and Stephon Gilmore. I think you want to put him on Keenan Allen. I think that's probably the matchup I'm taking. Mike Williams is taller. I think he's 6'4", 6'5", 215 pounds, but he's not the the talent that Keenan Allen is. I, I'm not going to buy Travis Benjamin. Antonio Gates is a Hall of Famer, but how old is Antonio Gates now? Thirty thirty six. 36? Thirty-eight. I don't even know. He's, he's he's good for two three great catches a game, but he's not really a factor. I think Patrick Chun can handle him. It's really a matchup of taking uh, Keenan Allen out of the game with Stephon Gilmore and some combination of J.C. Jackson with safety help, or maybe Jason McCourty because he's a little bigger than J.C. Jackson on Mike Williams. And if Philip Rivers is forced to throw to his check down guys – as he was against the, the Baltimore Ravens, it'll be a very long day for them offensively because they had a really hard time moving the ball. Taking, I not, I don't want to rely on the snow because you never know what's going to happen. So I'm thinking about this game, if it's a clean day and a sunny day with, with decent weather, uh, I think it's going really going to be, as you mentioned, all about those guys up front who can move the pocket, who can't move the pocket, because I really like the matchup in the secondary. Like you said, Phillip Rivers has got the disadvantage against the Patriots' cornerbacks, probably their strength defensively this year. I just don't know... You know, they did stop the Bills and they did stop the Jets, but I mean, there's completely different teams, Rich, the Chargers running game and the Bills and Jets running game. So I'm not sure how much we can take away from those last two weeks, you know?
0: No, that's absolutely true. That's absolutely true. This is uh, a very good team, whereas some might even say that those Bills and Jets teams were not very good teams. So, you know, it's a a very different (laughs) matchup. Uh and so if if I were Brian Flores, if I were Bill Belichick, I might actually switch it up from what you said. I I love Stefan Gilmore. I would actually see if I could put him on an island against Mike Williams. And that way I could dedicate my resources and say, you know what, uh JC Jackson and Devin McCourty, you try to erase Keenan Allen, because Keenan Allen's gonna get twice as many targets. Uh, anyways so maybe jc jackson will be able to intercept one or two and then with tyrell williams he's kind of a speedster guy you'll put jason McCourty on him even jonathan jones maybe i know jones is a lot shorter than him so i, I don't know what you would do there but i think jason McCordy could be a good matchup there uh but i i would see if you could try to kind of dictate a little bit where they would throw the balls because i would expect jason McCordy and stefan gilmore to win those matchups one-on-one And that way you can kind of figure out where they're going, as opposed to saying, uh, I I wouldn't want to allow him to challenge J.C. Jackson in one-on-one because it's an undrafted rookie in the playoffs. That's asking for a little bit of trouble there. I don't know how it would feel. Um, But yeah, you also add Hunter Henry in the mix. He's coming back from a big injury, so we'll see how effective he is. Patrick Chung, I would expect to be able to handle either Hunter Henry or Antonio Gates. I agree with you on that one. There are a few matchup mix up or mixes that you could do. Maybe the Patriots will say, you know what, let's just sit back and, and see how they're going to approach us. Keenan Allen does come out of the slot a little bit, so we'll we'll see what they try to use for their matchups. Uh looking at the other side of the ball though, Alec, this Chargers defense is very, very good. I mean, they they have an all-pro in Derwin James at safety. They have an all-pro at Desmond King at slot. They have an all-pro at cornerback in Casey Hayward. They have two very, very good pass rushers in Melvin Ingram and uh, also Joey Bosa. What do you do if you're Josh McDaniels and Tom
1: Brady? How do you approach them? What I would do is I'd bust out my offensive X factor for this week, which is going to be Dwayne Allen, and I'm going to put him as an extra lineman on Melvin Ingram, who absolutely demolished the Baltimore Ravens this past weekend. They never switched up their zone blocking scheme. They never double teamed him, and I'm going to run Sony Michelle right up the gut, right down their throat, even if it's not working early. Set up the play action and get Philip Dorsett open, get Chris Hogan open, get Julian Edelman open. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to use a lot of big packages early. I'm going to run it with behind James Devlin. I'm going to run Sony Michelle. I'm going to create mismatches with James White. I'm going to utilize the running game very, very heavily early on in this game, and then totally throw them for a loop later on in the game once they start committing to that more. And the good thing is, I think once they do that, that will really open up the entire playbook for the Patriots. Uh, I'd like to see, especially if it is snowy, like we mentioned. You know, a, a, a snowy field's a running back's best friend because it's really hard to get penetration, really hard to get push, and it's easier for the line, uh, the offensive lineman, to dictate the holes and uh, the gaps in, in that front line there. So I want to see them running a lot behind Dwayne Allen on the strong side, open up Rod Gronkowski, and let the entire offense funnel through the running game on Sunday.
0: Oh, absolutely. I'm sticking with the running game for my offensive X factor as well, but I'm going to go with James White. I think Sony Michel could have some success, but you look how the Patriots have had success in the past against these cover three defenses. Look at the Seahawks' 2014 Super Bowl against the Falcons' 2016 Super Bowl. You're talking about Shane Vereen, James White. This is a James White game where you match him up against these Chargers linebackers that, you know, aren't great. You know, they are missing Denzel Perryman for the season, Torres LCL. Uh, Jatavis Brown hurt his ankle. He's not expected to play anymore either. So they're very, very shallow at linebacker to the point where when they were playing the Ravens, they used seven defensive backs. You know, they, they, they were loading up the backfield because they didn't really have too many other options. And uh, when you're that light in the backfield... Maybe you flex Rob Gronkowski into the backfield as a fullback or maybe use Dwayne Allen, as you mentioned, and you start running it with James White as opposed to trying to pass him against Derwin James. But James White and his versatility, his impact in the past against these cover three defenses, I think that he's going to have a big game and he's going to need to
1: have a big game if the Patriots are going to put up points. Let's talk about Tom Brady against this pass rush, and let's also specifically talk about Tom Brady and how he's still historically got off kind of a slow start coming off of these bye weeks. Be it against the Ravens, be it against the Texans last year, the year before. I, it seems that the Patriots have been a little slow to get off the, the, the starting block. This past playoffs coming off of a bye week Brady coming off a down year statistically Even though he's still a top five quarterback His decision making was a little questionable at times He still throws lasers when he has to Are you concerned at all about Tom Brady And the offense maybe getting a little slow to start and give any Chargers, a couple extra possessions, get up a couple of, a couple of scores?
0: Yeah, I mean, if, if I had any fear, it would be less about Tom Brady and whether or not he still got it, and more about the fact that this Chargers defensive front is really, really good. I mean, you look at all of the games that the Patriots played last season. The Chargers created the highest pressure rate on Tom Brady all year. So Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram, they were just wrecking Nate Solder and Marcus Cannon the entire game, time and time again. And yeah, New England won 21-13, to but that was a low-scoring affair. That was not a great time. Tom Brady was battered. I know he was still productive at the end of the day, but he was seeing ghosts. He's not comfortable, and that is what I would be most concerned with with Brady is that we all know that if he gets hit a few times or if he feels the pressure a lot and he starts getting frustrated, he forces the ball. That's how you get a lot of turnovers, a lot of those weird three and outs where he's chucking the ball 80 yards down the field. So it's less that Tom Brady's going to come out and just not be good and more that this Chargers team is just really good. (laughs) This Chargers team has a very good defensive front, I think that their big weakness that they have is that linebacker and up the middle. So if the Patriots do anything to soften the Chargers up the gut, maybe that'll force uh, Los Angeles to make some adjustments and the Patriots can use some play action to their advantage.
1: Speaking of play action, one thing we haven't seen much this season, and we've talked about it multiple times, is that play action to Gronk up the seam route. Mm -hmm. Gronkowski's not the same player he was. Do you see playoff Gronkowski coming out to play, or do you think Gronkowski kind of is what he is, and how do you see the Patriots utilizing Rob Gronkowski for this Chargers game?
0: Yeah, I mean, like, I'm crossing my fingers and hoping that Gronk comes out and is like, ha-ha, we've been saving him for the postseason. He's still vintage Gronk. Uh, I just don't know if that's the case. I don't know if that's what we're going to see. And if I had to put my money down, I think he's still a very good blocker. I think that he has a lot of value there. Teams have to respect him as a receiver. And hopefully he can draw the attention of Derwin James because that would make it a lot easier for everyone else on the Patriots offense if Gronkowski's kind of a decoy at this point. But if Gronk can come out... Get a touchdown, get 50 yards. I would consider that to be a very, very good contribution. Maybe he won't be ripping it up the seam just because he's just not that player anymore. We haven't seen anything this year that leads me to believe that he is still that player. But we saw him against Miami. He got loose a few times. If the Patriots are able to use the play action, get Gronk open in space, I don't see why he can't be kind of productive. I just don't think he's going to be the same dominant force that he's been in the past.
1: Yeah, I wish sure I could disagree with you, but I think you're right. But having him out there as a blocker, if nothing else, and as a decoy, will open up the passing game for Edelman, for Chris Hogan, who always has good postseasons, and for one of the more unsung heroes of the 2018 season, Philip Dorsett, Rich. He's caught, like, everything that has come his so way. True. I'm hoping we'll see a lot more of him come into this game. But it is time to do what we always do, what we're not very good at, but what do you do anyway? <laughs> we're going to predict the end of this game. Patriots are hosting the Chargers. I believe you were closer last time with your Jets prediction, so I will allow you to make the first crack. Who you got this game, Rich? Oof. All right. Well, I think that this
0: is going to be a tough game. Patriots, I've talked about for the second half of the season. I don't think they've really developed too much of an identity at this point. Then you remove Josh Gordon from the equation. I don't know what you got. I don't know what this Patriots offense is going to do against a good defense like the Chargers. It, they might be able to produce a little bit, but I'm not going to have my hopes up too high. And then this is just a solid Chargers team that can hit a home run as well. Tyrell Williams is a big home run guy. Uh, you can throw in Travis Benjamin. I know he hasn't been utilized as much, but he can hit the home run as well. Keenan Allen, most importantly... Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler, two of the better receiving backs in the league. The Chargers lead the NFL in receiving yards from their running backs. I view that as the kryptonite for the Patriots defense, as their complete inability to cover running backs out of the backfield. Unless we see some sort of a wrinkle where Patrick Chung comes out and covers the running backs, which I think should be the case and should have been the case for the past few years, I think this Chargers offense is going to do enough to outscore the Patriots. Maybe they'll win on a last-second field goal, but I have the Chargers winning this one, 27-24.
1: 27-24 Chargers. Wow, Rich Hill going with the away team at Foxborough. Interesting, this is the best away team in the league versus the best home team in the league. And, if you know, if you want to talk about the narrative of the 2018 postseason. It's the exact same one in 2009, which is and its a good point to make. And it's a valid argument, and it's never count out Tom Brady in the playoffs, right? That's what you want to say, and that's kind of what's driving Patriots fans forward this season. It's not like they look great. They're not firing all cylinders right now. It's its Bill Belichick and Tom Brady in the postseason. You can never count those two guys out. And while their day in of reckoning may come at some point before Super Bowl, I don't think it's going to come this Sunday. I don't think the Chargers are going to come into a blustery, snowy Foxborough and win. Phillip Rivers, I believe, is 0-7 career against Tom Brady. I don't think he's going to win his first one here in a in a windy, snowy, gross environment where Tom Brady excels. It might not be as high a scoring game as we'd like, but I just don't see the Patriots dropping this one to a Los Angeles team in the cold. So I'm going to go with the Patriots winning this one 20 to 13.
0: Ah, well, I hope you're right. I hope you're right. I hope that the Patriots win this one comfortably. We can have all of our articles in before the final whistle. I would love for that to happen. Uh, Yeah. I, I mean, I, I do hope you're right and that I am wrong and I would love to be wrong. Uh, Alec, we broke down Patriots chargers. Do you have any final thoughts
1: on the divisional round of the playoffs all i can say is rich i hope this is not the second to last podcast we do this season
0: oh absolutely me too i would love for this to keep on going patriots have had a fine year keep that in mind even if they lose or win it's been a good run and alec we've had a good run too we've had a good run we have, buddy yeah. <laughs> until next time you have a good one see ya later man.